The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. The things of earth grow larger before us as we spend our time looking at the television or the internet or the other things of this world. It requires a total redirection of our attention. As we read the scriptures and we pray, as we look at who Jesus was and is and will be, the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. I want the world to disappear from my vision except as I am there to win the lost. I don't want to invest my time, my energy, my money. I don't want to invest in the world. This world is not my home. I'm a citizen of heaven. I am under the authority of Jesus Christ. I have enrolled in the kingdom of God. I have withdrawn all support. I have withdrawn all loyalty from anyone or anything on this world, except in Jesus Christ. Now, let me make it plain to you. Most of you who will listen to this broadcast come from the Western world. 
and we have no understanding of what it means to live under a kingship. It is much different living under a kingship, a monarchy, than it is to live in a republic or a democracy. We in America pride ourselves in our independence. And I agree, I believe that a republic is the best form of government this world has ever seen. That it's important that we be free. Pardon me. That it is of vital necessity that we have the right to make choices and decisions without governmental interference, that we have the right to decide where we will go and what we will do, what we will buy and not buy. It is of great importance to me that we have those freedoms The reason I want those freedoms is so that I can bring them to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, if those freedoms are removed from me, I will, regardless of the cost to me as a person, I will still submit myself to the kingdom of Jesus Christ and not to the kingdom of of this world, or this nation. When there is governmental overreach that says your immune system belongs to us and you will submit to what we have said you must do, I say, no, I will not submit because my immune system belongs to another kingdom. When the world kingdom demands what belongs to Jesus, I will not bend. And whatever the price, even to my death, I submit to. For my loyalty is not first as an American citizen. My loyalty is first to my Lord Jesus Christ. My loyalty is not first to a denomination or to a church. My standard is found in the scriptures, and the head of the body is Jesus Christ. So if a church does not align itself with Jesus Christ, but makes a decision that you can be a sexual pervert, the church leadership decides that they can ordain whomever they choose, then I withdraw all support from that denomination. 
and I leave. I will not participate under the dominion or rule of any man or any woman or any organization that does not hold Jesus Christ as first. Now, this is not easy to say. It is even harder to carry out. For frankly, many of you who are listening to this broadcast still believe that, yes, I'm a Christian, but I am free to go where I want to go. I'm free to say what I want to say. I'm an American. I'm free to watch whatever show I want to watch. I'm free to watch whatever movie I choose to see. I'm free to eat whatever I want to eat. I'm free. Then you have declared that you are not a Christian, that you are a pagan. You may be spray-painted on the outside with the Christianese. You may attend a church. But if your loyalty is not first to Jesus Christ and obedience to his word, faithful to his doctrine, if that is not where your heart is planted, then you are not a Christian. Christian, by definition, is a Christ follower, not a world follower, not a football follower, not a tennis follower. I know one family, basically, when the tennis season is an open forum, She will watch the television constantly and not cook or care for her family. And the husband has to pick up all of the responsibilities because her gods are playing, her tennis pros. And she says she's a Christian. Of course, she is not a Christian. She's a a tennis follower. And some of you would rather sit down and watch a football game. Or in the spring, you would rather watch a baseball game, then go to church. You would rather submit yourself to this world and its entertainment than you would to Jesus Christ. Please, I'm just being honest with you today. I'm being absolutely transparent with you. If you are not willing to give up every supposed freedom you have in the kingdom of darkness and come and submit that fully to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then you are not a Christian. I prayed with a young woman this morning as she came to the church for counseling. And I said to her, it is my constant intention 
to come naked before God with no hidden agendas and every agenda looked at carefully to determine whether or not there is some wickedness, some selfish agenda in my heart. Like Adam and Eve in the garden, they hid in the bushes. I'm not going to hide in the bushes. I have come out of the bushes, and I have said, Lord, here I am. I am naked before you, and if you don't dress me, I will always be naked. And he dresses me in righteous actions as he directs the steps of my life. Now, there are times when I am faced with decisions that I don't want to make. And I say, Lord, I don't know how to make that decision. I don't want to make it. But I'm going to come and expose every aspect of this to you, and I am going to ask you to make that decision in my heart. Because I am submitted to you as my king. Now, we've not been raised with the knowledge of what a king is or does. If you look at the story in scripture of Nebuchadnezzar, he comes and enforces with his army his absolute will on Israel, on Judah. He destroys Jerusalem. He takes captives. He takes them into another land. They had no choice. They did so at the point of a spear. And if you disobeyed his command, you would be sent to the tortures or you would be executed. He was about to execute all of the wise men of Israel. And Daniel was able to buy time and pray, and the God of heaven intervened. Else, he would have been executed. He would have been tortured. A king has absolute rule over your life. And we must give up this notion that we are free If we are Christians, Christians are not free. They are men and women, boys and girls, who are under authority. And the authority of Jesus was challenged by the chief priests and the elders. His authority was challenged on every side. The day will come when Jesus' authority will no longer be challenged. You may be challenging his authority today. I had a man say to me, Pastor, tell me, what's wrong with going to a a Redskins game? That's what they were called then. What's wrong with going to a Redskins game? Can't be anything wrong with that. I said, Yes, that's true. There's probably nothing wrong with it. 
Well, then why shouldn't I go? Because the devil has a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you've chosen what you consider to be good, and you consider that to be sufficient for you to go and participate. It's not. I don't choose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I choose to eat from the tree of life. Because I'm not free. I have utterly, irreversibly given up my freedom for where I will go, what I will do, what I will eat, whom I will marry or not marry, how I will deal with people who approach me for help. I'm not free. I'm a man under authority. I'm a man under the authority of a king. King Jesus Christ. Now, right now, it appears that I can do as I choose. But there is a day of reckoning coming when I must face honestly the question I will be asked by the king. Why did you walk in rebellion against me? Now depart from me. You will face the ultimate day of judgment that will determine where you will spend your eternity, heaven or hell. Now, it appears today that I have the freedom I can go buy that new car because I have the ability to. I can go meet whomever I choose to meet. I can go do what I choose to do. It appears that I have that freedom. That's a false illusion. Because in the day of God's judgment, I will be subject to what the Lord God of heaven has taught. Now, in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, we find the kingdom of heaven compared to a king here on this earth who was preparing a great wedding ceremony and feast for his son. He sent out his servants at the appropriate time to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast but they were not willing to come. So he sent out more servants, saying, You must tell the ones having been invited, Look, look, I prepared this banquet. I prepared this dinner. My oxen have been slaughtered. The fatted cattle have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. This was not a casual banquet, and it would last for a week or a month. This was a big deal. Come to the wedding feast. It is a command. It is not a request. It is a command of the king. Come to the wedding feast. 
I have received that command, and I am on my way to the wedding feast of the Lamb. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to pay very careful attention. Are you? The scriptures say in the 22nd chapter of Matthew, verse 5, they paid no attention. They went their ways, the one to his own field, the other to his business. In other words, they said, listen, who's this king? And they went about doing what they wanted to do. Were they doing evil? No, they were doing good things. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were doing their business. They didn't want to stop their business and shut down for a month. They wanted to salvage their crops. They didn't want their crops to be eaten up. Never mind that the king would be giving out royal gifts. (coughs) Pardon me. Never mind that the king would be giving out royal gifts to everyone who attended. And there would be more than enough money to cover whatever they needed to cover. You could not attend a wedding feast of a king and not be very well paid. But they weren't interested. They wanted their own way. Others, having been taken a hold of by the servants, in other words, the servants came and tried to force them, and they responded with violence, and they killed the servants of the king. When the king heard about this, he became enraged. And having sent his troops, he destroyed those murders and burned their cities. See, when we deal with a king, we deal with authority. And we are subject to that authority. Now, you can say, hey, I'm about my own business. I don't need you, king. until the king decides that he's going to come and burn your city and take your life, and he will do that. And Jesus is saying, look, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. If you choose to go your own way, establish your own rules, you choose to go about your life the way you choose to go about it, the day will come when the king will come and destroy you, your household, and your city. That's what Jesus is saying. Now he says to his servants, look, the wedding feast is ready. We don't have much time. Let's go out. I want you to go out into the streets and invite everyone and force them to come in. Those who were invited have proven that they were not worthy. They're not worthy of my feast. 
You see, the question is not, will you accept Jesus? The question is, will Jesus accept you? Jesus is the king. You're the subject. Now, you can choose not to be a part of his kingdom. You can choose to not be a part of the kingdom of heaven. You can choose to not be an obedient servant to the king of kings and lord of lords. You can choose to be your own boss, but you're not in fact your own boss. You're following the evil rebellion of the devil, and you are allowing him to be the king over your life. And he will leave you alone and let you go your own way as long as you do not go to the banquet feast of the king. Now, I have spoken with some who are earnestly desiring to enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit. I've spoken with some who are willing to give up their own life and their own way, who are willing to humble their hearts before Almighty God. And there's a bullseye on their back, and the devil is after them with everything he has, causing every possible agony and trouble in their life. He will turn you aside by any means possible if you will just turn your back on the king and allow him to be the king of your life. And of course, if the devil is the king of your life, you don't see him, you just go about your business, and it's the tree of the knowledge of good for many. Your focus is on earning money, paying debts. You are unwilling to receive from the hand of the king what he would give you. You do not believe that if you go to the wedding banquet, the king will pay you very well. You're concerned about your crops. You're concerned about your debts. You're concerned about your money. So you go about solving those problems. Please, I just want to say again, Jesus will pay every debt of your life. He will reward you with money, with gifts. If you will stop your prideful actions and simply seek his face, In the end, all Jesus wants from you is face-to-face intimacy with you entering into his rest, his bedroom, and choosing to trust in the Almighty. I had a brother-in-law who all of his life has lived life his way. 
Way back in high school, when I knew him, he was rebellious. He always wanted to do everything his way. He didn't submit to anyone for any reason. He was the man. I got the sad news this morning that he died last night at 9.30 from a brain tumor. His life is over. He is now on his way to judgment. Now, I was not close to him in the last years. I pray he turned his heart and submitted and gave up his arrogant position. But I don't have the answer for that. Oh, he was a Christian by by his own word. Was he a Christian by the word of Jesus? I don't know. I've lived long enough to watch a person from the beginning of their life to closing their eyes in death. I have watched the outcome of those men and women who have lived their life their way, with their pride, cutting off those they disagree with, judging those they disagree with, professing to be the keepers of the right and the wrong, But in the end, there's only one who is right. And his name is Jesus. And he will sit at the judgment bar of Almighty God. And he will judge every man and every woman by their actions, by what you have done in the flesh. There is going to be no infused grace. There's going to be no Imputed righteousness, it will be, it will be infused righteousness, not grace. It will be a total change in that person's life based on their coming under the authority of Almighty God. There is imparted righteousness. There is being made righteous by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is not by works. It is all by faith. It is by faith for those who are willing to come under the headship of Jesus Christ and utterly and totally and completely submit to Jesus. I encourage you to take the time to get on your knees before the Lord Jesus and read aloud the Sermon on the Mount, beginning in Matthew, the fifth chapter. That's the governing rule of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Those are 
the commandments of God for the new covenant, if you please. So these servants of the king went out through the thoroughfares and the streets. The command was, as many as you find, you must invite to the wedding feast. And those servants, having gone out into the roadways, brought together all, as many as they found, both bad and good. Remember, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Jesus invites those good and those evil to come to his banquet. The wedding hall was completely filled with reclining guests. They didn't sit at a table. They reclined on a comfortable couch. And the food was brought in and served. And as they were preparing to begin serving the food, the king king entered the wedding hall. He wanted to look over all of the reclining guests. And there he saw a man not having dressed himself in a wedding garment. A wedding garment was provided for every guest of the wedding. They were to be dressed in royal robes of righteousness. And he looks over the crowd and like a sore thumb, right there in the midst of his kingdom and his son's wedding feast is a man dressed in common clothes. The king goes to him and says, Friend, how did you enter? How did you enter here not having a wedding garment? The king did not come with any accusation. If this man had had a legitimate reason, if he said, you know, I just somehow missed this. I was in such a hurry to come in. The king would have said, quickly, bring the man a wedding garment. You cannot come to the wedding feast of the Lord without a wedding garment. And you find the wedding garment spoken of in Revelation And the wedding garment is comprised of white linen. (laughs) And the scriptures say that white linen are the righteous actions of the saints. In other words, the way we are dressed by the Holy Spirit in preparation for the wedding feast of the Lamb is by being given things to do, that if we will obey and do what the Lord has told us, we will be dressed in white linen without a spot or a blemish. Spots and blemish in Scripture equate to sin, rebellion. Now, there are some who are saying today that you can continue your sin until you go to the wedding banquet. 
If you do that, you will be in the wedding feast without the wedding garment on, and the king will not be happy with you. But I can tell you now, you will not even be allowed to enter. You must either be made holy before you die here, or you will not be made holy when you die. That would be dishonest on the part of God, and he will not be dishonest. You must be made holy. You must enter Hebrews 3 and 4. You must enter the rest of God before you die in the flesh on this earth. If you don't, you will be denied entrance to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Verse 12, and he says to him, friend, how did you enter here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. If you believe that you cannot stop sinning, you are making the blood of Jesus of no more value than that of the bull and goats of the old covenant. You are putting down, you are stomping on, you are denigrating the blood of Jesus Christ, and you will not be allowed to enter the banquet hall of God. The Lord has made arrangements for every person on the earth to be granted a wedding garment. His atonement was finished and complete at the cross. Now it must be applied to our lives. And the application of that wedding garment to our life, that we might be dressed in white robes, without spot or blemish, is to come under his full authority now, to be cleansed and washed by his blood, to be made holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's what Hebrews 12 says. Now let's be clear. Holiness is never spoken of in the New Testament in a future tense. It is always a present tense. Be holy now. Submit now. Turn from your evil ways now. And this is why I spoke earlier in the broadcast when I said, I come before the Lord uncovered. I don't want to be covered by fig leaves. I don't want to be covered with a false robe of false righteousness. Many pastors and teachers, some we would consider very fine churches, like the Assemblies of God, like the Presbyterian, the Lutheran, many Baptists, Today, all teach that you cannot stop sinning until you die. 
that deception will cause countless numbers to lose out on the banquet feast of the Lord. For he will have a people at the banqueting feast who are holy, who have come to him undressed and said, I lay aside all of my own righteousness. I lay aside all of my own preconceived ideas. I lay aside all of what I've been taught. I come now, Jesus, to enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with your power and your presence, and to have every issue of my heart examined carefully now, judged now that I will not be judged later. Verse 13, the king said to the servants, after having bound his feet and his hands, I want you to see this is, this is not figurative. This is literal. This is not just a parable. This is reality. This is what is going to happen. After having bound his feet and his hands, you must take him up. In other words, pick him up. Carry him out of here in front of everybody and cast him out into the darkness, that is, into the kingdom of the devil. The furthest out. And there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. In other words, every person who does not submit to the authority every person who challenges the authority of Jesus Christ will one day, in full consciousness and awareness, be cast out into the kingdom of darkness. And in that place, you will weep and wail because you will know you have missed out on the wedding feast of the Lamb. And you are set to be consumed in the fires of hell. You will be conscious of this. You will be waiting for the angels of God to come and pick you up and cast you into that fire. And they will do that at the great day of judgment. Now, verse 14, now many are called, but few are chosen. You have all been called. Whether you are chosen or not will depend on how you have responded to that call. If you've said, no, I must pay my own debts, I must take care of my own business, I must take care of my own crop. It will cost me too much to not take care of my own business and my own crop. You are essentially denying what Jesus did for you at the cross. And you are saying, I will not submit to his authority. I have some 
people saying in a very pious manner, Oh no, I must be responsible for my sin. And I must be responsible and I must work many hours every day to pay back my... No, you don't. You are denying that the king will grant gifts. You are denying that Jesus will become your Lord and be responsible for your debts. My late wife and I, in the late 1900, just before 2000, ran up a credit card debt of $20,000. I'm sorry, $70,000. And a personal loan from my brother of $20,000. Now, I could have said it is necessary for me to go get a job I must put away the reading of the scripture and the prayer and the waiting upon God, which I was doing instead of working. I must go get a job and I must earn the money and I must make the payments. Instead, my wife and I took those bills and we laid out that $70,000 in credit card debt and that $20,000 in personal debt. And we repented for not trusting in the name of the Lord. And very quietly, he told us, call each of your creditors and make arrangements to send them $50 every month, and I will send that money to you. Now, we had no church. We had no jobs. We had no way to pay this. But one family in Dumfries, Virginia, that week we received a check in the mail from them for $300. And then a check from someone else. And then a check from someone else. There was no reason for them to send that money. We were not asking them for money or anyone else. By the year 2000, the entire amount of $70,000 had been paid back by the Lord. As we simply spent our time serving a family where we were homeless, we had lost our cars, we'd lost our house, we'd lost our retirement, we'd lost everything we had. And we waited upon the Lord and he provided When you are invited to the banquet table of the Lord and his banner over you is love, he will give you incredible gifts in the physical realm and he will pay for what he has ordered. Now, Some of you today are wondering, how are we going to survive and, and how are we going to do what we know we're supposed to do? by faith in Jesus Christ. 
He's the king. Submit to him. Search after him. Enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit. With loud cries and tears, call upon the name of Jesus. I know. I've done it. I do it now. He is the one who carries this radio broadcast month by month. He moves in brothers and sisters, and they give exorbitant amounts of money to cover the cost of this very expensive radio broadcast. I have no salary. I have a little Social Security that comes in every month. That's what carries me personally, as Jesus then adds to that as necessary. I cry out to the Lord, and he carries me. I cry out to the Lord, and he carries this broadcast. I cry out with tears and loud cries sometimes. I call upon the name of Jesus. I am submitted to Jesus Christ. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why are few chosen? Because few will come under the direct authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Instead, they choose to go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and figure out what they want to do with their time and energy and money and life. No, thank you. I will not walk that way. I renounce. I renounce the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I will serve Jesus Christ. And whatever the penalty or cost that the world wants to assign me, Jesus will carry me. My eyes are upon him. My hope is in Jesus. My hope for this broadcast. My hope for my family. My hope for the National Prayer Chapel. My hope is built on nothing less and the blood of Jesus Christ. And the things of earth grow strangely dim as I look at his glory and grace. I hope this has been helpful to you today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I invite you to plan now to attend the National Prayer Chapel next Sunday. We begin our service at 10 a.m. Actually, we start praying at quarter of. You're welcome to come and pray. Just come to the door. Don't knock. Just come on in. It's a church. It's a townhouse. It's a house church. But come on in. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you will find where we meet and when we meet. Be bold. 
and come in the name of Jesus and get right with him and get clean and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Thank you so much for your support for this work of ministry of the gospel. Thank you for walking with me. I encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not done so already. The more people who sign, the wider Google will distribute these messages. So please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. You know what? It's a pleasure to meet many of you and to talk with you as I'm able. You're precious to me. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of His glory